It's two wins in a row for the Bucks after putting up 45 on Miami, plus not one, but two AFC teams got a message for the rest of the league. It's no longer Kansas City's conference. We discussed that and so much more. And yes, this is the Monday Morning Extra Point, a Bucks Nation podcast. Len Martez joined by former NFL quarterback Brandon Dowdy. Before we go heavy and hard, allow me to remind you to follow Brandon at Brandon Dowdy. Follow me at Elmar A10. Most of all, follow Bucks Nation at Bucks underscore Nation. And don't forget to hit up BucksNation.com for all your latest news on the Super Bowl champs. And no matter how you found this podcast, whether it's Spotify, iHeart, or Apple, hit that subscribe button. So when we do a podcast and others, you'll get a new podcast waiting for you when you get to your device. All right, Mr. Dowdy. So uh, you know how we do. We pick about six games and talk about week five in the NFL, but we can't start anywhere until we start with the Super Bowl champions who have now won two straight, 45 to 17 over a team that you remember, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> Your old team. The uh, yeah, the Miami Dolphins. But uh, Bucks are now four and one, leaders in the NFC South. Meanwhile, Miami has lost four straight since winning that week one matchup in New England. And I'm sure you've got a lot of good things in regards to this game. I have mine, so I'll let you fire away. So when I, when I watched this game, I was actually kind of thinking that this might be a trap game for the Bucks. You know, I thought, oh, you know what? Dolphins ain't playing very well. Jets and Kobe Brissett, who played with Tom Brady and – that tie in itself, you know, like, I don't know. I thought maybe they'd get me emotionally jacked up. Always knows Brady, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I got a thought, oh, man, maybe they got a shot. No, I was totally off. I uh, It started off pretty good. It started off pretty clean. But, man, the Bucks are so deep. I mean, and the, the most the, – the thing that really intrigued me the most is, you know, I also thought like Flores and Tom Brady, they kind of have usually Flores has got a pretty good plan for Tom. Tom's kind of struggles against his old teams that were in with our old coaches that were at New England with him. And so I was just like, you know what, this is a trap game. And so uh, I thought this was, th- I-, I thought, okay, they do a really good job. Miami strengths on defense. If you watch them are defending the pass. I mean, you, you spend 20, $27 million on two, top 10, top 15 corners in the National Football League, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones. You, yeah, they're two top paid corners. You spend the money on those guys. You got a veteran back four. I mean, really? You have, you know, Eric Rowe and, you know, and so I thought, you know what? McCourty. McCourty, yeah. I forgot mm-hmm. McCourty. Yeah, he's got, and McCourty's back there. So I thought, okay, some, a lot of people that know Tom and then two perennial corners. Mm-hmm. So I thought, okay. How you beat the Miami Dolphins in that crazy 3-3 stack, send blitzers from everywhere, prowl up front with all the defensive linemen standing up and the, the linebackers, they're hard to identify. Got to, you got to slide protection. You got to be able to, you know, really just guess right most of the time. I thought, okay, how you beat that is by running the football. Well, guess what? The, the Bucs ain't really good at running the football. They, they're in the top five worst team running the football in the National Football League. So I thought, hey, this is trap. This is trap. But guess what? 
and it's funny. It's it's crazy to me. Old man Tom, he's so good, man. He's so good at knowing what you're doing before you even think you know what you're doing on the defensive side of the ball. I overthought, like, all right, Flores have a good plan for him. Well, guess what? Tom's got a good plan for them. And then his plan and his way of being able to, to exploit weaknesses is by – we've talked about it before. His three best receivers – our number one receivers in any other team in the, in the, in the National Football League. And and then, and the, the crazy part, part, Lenny, I saw, was they locked up Xavier Howard on Antonio Brown, which I thought, okay, he'd be on Godwin all night. Followed Antonio. Huh, that's interesting. I, I wouldn't, I didn't, didn't think, I thought he'd be on Godwin. I thought he'd be, he's physical. I thought he could jam up Mike Evans. What's Tom do? He goes right at Xavier Howard. Xavier Howard is the least targeted corner in the National Football League. The least. If you look it up, most targets to a corner, that is Xavier Howard. He has the least amount. Tom said, no, no, we're going to go at you, bro. <laughs> Seven for 124, two touchdowns. I was like, man, this, this Bucks team, and they're, they're not even peaking. That's, that's the coolest part. Like, they're not, they're not, they haven't even peaked yet. They get their running game going, which we saw a little bit of it with Leonard Fournette this this week. If they get healthy with Gronk getting healthy, I think they got some they got some talent, and I think they, they have a chance at doing this. I know they lost one, yeah, okay, but uh, they're four and one. They're playing better and better each week. Uh, I'm excited with the direction this team. Yeah, you know what? It's curious. A couple of things you brought up. You brought up Gronk, and watching yesterday. Besides the fact that it always seems like whether it was the Atlanta game or even the, the Dolphins game yesterday, uh, that the Bucs are playing with teams in the first half, dude. That's how I felt like. I felt like yeah. that way with the Atlanta game where Matt Ryan had his moments. And listen, you're going to run 60, 70 offensive plays. And if you're a halfway decent offense, you're going to look good in some of those plays. And Correct. with that, I watched the Atlanta game thinking, okay, they're carrying them. They're just, they're just playing with them. And so, sure enough, they pulled away in the second half. And yesterday was I had the same feeling in regards to how the Bucks were playing the Dolphins. Because anytime it, when you start thinking about it, and you notice when you start talking about an upset, you honestly have to ask yourself, first off, who's taking snaps for you and who's taking snaps for me? That's number one. Right. Number two is, can you get the stops? And honestly, there was no time, whether it was that Atlanta game I brought up or yesterday with the Dolphins, that I felt like Miami could get a stop. The Bucs had the football for 37 minutes yesterday, dude. That's why I said they were playing with them. They were 8 for 11 on third down. 8 for 11. You're not stopping anybody, dude. Like the only time, nope. only reason why they didn't convert 9, 10, or 11 it's because probably just a you know a bad pass here or there, maybe a drop pass there and there, but nothing that you did defensively. It was all about it was all about what the offense didn't do, and that's why I say when they go when they go eight of eleven every 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 game and on third down they're going to win the Super Bowl. No, absolutely, that's no insane, doubt. bro. No like that's and it's a credit to first. You can't down and get down. off the football field, man. Correct. And as good as Correct. and as good as that secondary is. And I talked about this yesterday. I tweeted this out yesterday. I don't give a dag who you have playing in the secondary. If you can't get any pressure on the quarterback, you're doomed. Doomed. And they were getting no pressure. I know they picked up a sack here or there. Phillips had a sack. But other than that, I mean, like, there was really no true pressure. 
And because of that, Tom's back there, man, sipping on an avocado shake, throwing touchdown passes, man. And, Did you and, see his little cooler on sideline, bro? Yeah. Yeah. What is, what's in the cooler? I probably, was thinking it was avocado ice cream, bro. No, it's probably, you know, it's TB12 juice mixes and all that kind of stuff. But he's probably making, he's probably well, juicing, juicing in the middle of the games or whatever, man. Who knows, man? But uh, whatever it is, it's working. You know, as you mentioned, yeah. you, you mentioned the numbers for Antonio, numbers for Tom yesterday, 34-41, 411 yards, they, five TDs, zero interceptions. The thing, the thing is, is they force you to be one-dimensional. They, 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 teams do not run the football on them. What? It doesn't matter how, what the, they have to throw the ball. Teams go in game plan week. So when you're prepping for a game and I'm prepping, I'm putting my Flores or whatever, even Jacoby Brissett hat on going into this game. I'm thinking to myself, okay, we aren't going to be able to run the football. Okay. So how are we going to do, how, what are we going to do? I mean, they rushed it for 10 yards, 10 yards in the first half, 10. 10. That's it. Tom yeah, had more than had, that. Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady had yes, more. Yes, Tom than Brady that. had more rushing he had yards. He had than, 12 rushing yards. <laughs> un, yeah, unbelievable. That ain't winning. But that's what I'm saying. That's what they do. That that's their plan. That's that's how they've they've created an advantage. That's what every New England team that has ever done. They've created advantage. And when it was New England, we played New England. It was we were going to take points. No matter what, we're going to take points. We don't care. We're going to drive down the field. If we got to kick three, 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 we're going to, we're going to take points. This team, they're, they're suffocating you by making you make the right read 50 times. You have to attempt 50 passes. Look at Dak Prescott in week one. He had about 58 passes. Why? Because they couldn't run the ball. And they got Zeke Elliott and, and, and uh, Pollard back there. They got a two-headed monster. And they still can't run the football. So to me – how they beat you, they make you one-dimensional. And in the first half, they just play with you. And, yeah, they're playing with you, but you, they have it for a purpose. They're going to stop you from running. You can throw the ball all over. You can make you feel good by throwing it over, all over the yard. They tighten up in the red zone. They do a great job of, of bend, don't break defense. But they even when they're bending, they don't let you run that football. And trying to throw the ball 50 times in the NFL, look at Patrick Mahomes. You can't do it. I, we've, I've been saying it week in and week out, Bubba. The teams that are our teams that are contenders to me are the teams that are be, are efficient running the football and have the patience to do that. The Bucks don't allow you to do that. Why? Because their offense is so good, they're going to score. Now you're down 14. You're like, oh shoot, I got to get chunk plays. How do I do it? Throw the ball, and, and you just abandon the run game. Yeah, uh, the the one time the one time that Dallas wasn't able to run it was that that opening Thursday night game. But since then, they averaged 200 yards rushing. Again, with, with those two monsters they have. But you mentioned Gronk, you mentioned Gronk earlier. And watching yesterday's game, I'm watching the you know the three guys go to work, the three number ones go to work, whether it be Godwin, Mike Evans, who also had two TDs, and Antonio Brown. I'm thinking you might be getting a look at the future in regards to how this team plays next year, because there's no telling. Gronk's on, you know, Gronk's. This is his last year of his contract. Not saying he can't sign up for another one with Tom being here or not. Um, but because, again, he's having issues. He ha- he's having, getting a little, you know, getting a little banged up. And let's, let's face it, he's not the Gronk that 2015 was running over D-backs. D-backs no. hit him now, man, and he's the one going down. And that's why he suffered that injury that he suffered a couple of games ago. But 
you may be getting a look at what this team could be doing offensively when it comes to, because they haven't used a tight end since Gronk left. They haven't used OJ. <laughs> they haven't used Cam. And I know it's, you know, it's better than I do when it comes to whom you're playing and what the defense is giving you, obviously. So if the defense yeah. decides they're going to take away Antonio and Mike and Chris, then yeah, maybe Tom leans a little more to Cam, to Cam Bray and also to OJ Howard. But for the most part, I'm looking at this thinking 17 game season next year. If there's, if there's no number 87 out there, this is the type of games that you could be seeing with Tom is hitting those, those wide receivers the way he did. They're going to have a decision to make in the offseason by paying Antonio, what they're going to do with that, how they're going to structure Antonio's deal. And then two, they're going to have, the, the other one is, this is a kind of, and, and OJ Howard has to figure out how do I fit? For me, knowing how the Patriots played back in the day when I was playing, uh, the tight end position was a position of comfort for Tom Brady. And what I mean by that is it, it never really was. I know Gronkowski was in there. They had back in the day, they had uh, um, Hernandez and all those guys, and they were deadly. I agree. The running back position for Tom is his comfort, is his, is his blanket. You saw that a little bit with Gio last week. I think he's like a uh, – James White 2.0, so he fits perfectly that way. Um, we did see him struggle in the past game, but that's not why you got him out there. He struggled in pass protection, I mean, but that's why you don't have him. You don't have him out there. You want to scat him as much. How many times did they scat James White in the back? That's just the, if he holds up one every five, cool. But his comfort blanket is the running backs and the tight ends. He don't want you. He don't need you to make 100 plays on field. And honestly, this team is not built for the tight end to get 12 catches, 13 catches, 14 catches, because I can't name a team in the NFL that has three guys that can cover Mark, Mac, match up with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and Antonio Brown. I just – I don't I don't see it. The, the only ones I really thought about, even with Miami, I thought Miami had a good shot, and they just walked all over them. So um, it's interesting. I'm, I'm excited to see how this, this, thing, this thing goes – but I just – it doesn't even feel to me that they've hit their peak. They're just and, – and it's funny. I talk to everybody around. I'm like, man, they're going to figure the Tampa Bay Bucks out. I'm like, man, what's there to figure out, bro? Like, <laughs> like what are you going to figure out? They're going to they're gonna, uh, how, how are they going to figure it out? Uh, you know, so um, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm excited. With, uh, with the Bucks winning on Sunday yesterday, they are now 4-1, leaders of the NFC South. But one of the teams chasing them was in Washington yesterday, taking on the Washington football team, and that being the New Orleans Saints, who beat the Washington football team 33-22. to 22. Saints are now 3-2, one game behind the Bucks. The thing about this game for me, Brandon, and we've talked about Jameis before, Jameis Winston, quarterback for the Saints. We've talked about Jameis before. But yesterday was one of those games where you saw Jameis as if he was wearing a Bucks uniform still. <laughs> he had a fumble. He had a bad interception. But then you turn around and look, and he's got four, you know, four TDs. One of them, granted, was a Hail Mary. But the other three were, were plays that he had to make. And the thing that Jameis does that obviously Drew Brees, the former Saints quarterback, wasn't able to do for the last couple of years – was, man, get the ball downfield. And it looks like to me, and you can tell me whether I'm crazy or not, and I know Michael Thomas is going to come back to this football team at some point, 
but they're not even missing him because of the productivity they're getting from Alvin Kamara and then the guys like Marcus Callaway. Someone sat down Jameis and was like, you know Alvin Kamara is a 99 in Madden. That's what I feel like they said. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I feel like he didn't want – he didn't – he doesn't understand, like, how good and versatile and – He's never had that guy. Like, I, I continue correct. to say he's never had that guy. No, he hasn't. And he – and, and, and almost – it's it's crazy to even think about, but that relationship is only going to get better. Timing is only going to get better. Trust is only going to get better. Because I was watching that game, Lynn, and I, I'm telling you, he missed Alvin underneath like four or five times where Jameis sometimes holds that rock so much that he wants that big play so, many, so, so much throughout the game that he just is sometimes the best quarterbacks like Brady. Hey, they peek at it. They know what the coverage is going to dictate and what's going to allow them to be successful, and they just check it down. First and 10, let me just check it down. Alvin Kamara, he's the type of guy you can give him the ball in space, and he can make a two-yard throw into a 40-yard throw, and now you look like a hero. But what I'm saying is, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago, Alvin Kamara did nothing the game we talked about. This dude has – you get him the ball, you, you get wins. I mean, it's, it's just as simple as that. And I think as that relationship develops, and, of course, they get – um, Michael Thomas back and they, they get a little healthier on that side. I hope Taysom Hill's all right. He's a, he's a huge influence on that team. I heard he's a fantastic locker room guy. He's also uh, just do whatever you need. Great teammate on the field, off the field. So I hope they get him back. But at the same time, this team is moving in the right direction because they got a solid defense. They can play. They can rush the passer. They do a good job on the back end, disguising coverage. Uh, they can match up with your with your offense pretty well in the secondary, but they they have they have a guy as, as with Jameis Winston and Kamara. They're just going to get on the same page. It's going to take him and Mike Mike Thomas the same way, same amount of time to get on the same page. But I think there there's a lot of these teams that are moving in the upward direction rather than moving in the downward direction. The Miami Dolphins they're moving in the downward direction. Uh, direction. Carolina Panthers, they're moving in a downward direction. But I would buy, if I was a gambler, I would buy on the, on the Saints improving throughout the year. And that's what, that's what you're kind of seeing right now. Speaking of uh, one of those teams you mentioned, it's on a downward. And he's Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point, MMXP, as we like to call it. You mentioned one of those teams that are on a downward. Also in the same division, as the Buccaneers, also a team that's three and two. And that's the Panthers, who lost at home yesterday to the Eagles, 21 to 18. And we talked about quarterback, running back relationship, right? That check down guy. Well, and this is this could be just simple irony, but the irony is the fact that the Panthers, three and oh, when a certain all-world running back plays. And 0-2 <laughs> when he does it. And like I said, it may just be irony, but uh, Sam Donald missed my man McCaffrey yesterday. Oh, you know, I take that back. Uh, uh, let me rephrase this. He missed some of the things Christian McCaffrey did because they ran the football well. Uh, mm-hmm. Trooper Hubbard had over 100 yards. So it wasn't mm-hmm. everything in regards to the running game that Sam Donald missed, but – I will say this much, and this is a number that, uh, as a quarterback, you can appreciate. Sam Donald in the last two games has gotten hit 19 times 
and sacked eight times. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that teams are just pinning their ears back and going after the passer as opposed to even respecting the running game. Correct. That is exactly what's happening. And they're throwing them at some – this team kind of frustrates me. And I only say that because they just uh, – they have all the talent in the world. Sam's not a bad quarterback. I think he's trying to do too much with Christian out. I think he needs to still play within the offense, play within his means. And I think he's trying to be Superman like he tried to do it at the Jets because he feels like I, I have to make up for the loss that's in the backfield. But like you said, I, I, I know Chuba Hubbard went for 101 yards, 24 carries. I get it. But you give Christian McCaffrey 24 carries – He's going for 170, 160, and there might be a difference in the game right there. You know, he's another 99 in Madden, and, and guess what? But the difference between Jameis is, and and Sam is Sam knows he's a 99 in Madden. Jameis is still trying to figure it out. But I, to me, I, I think this team, they are going on the down. Their defense is still solid. They just got better with Stephon Gilmore. Um, but they are going on the down, but I think that when they get their – they're all all-star, all everything, running back, back, and that'll definitely lessen the blow. I'll tell you one thing, though. I I um, I don't know what to make of them losing to a team like the Eagles, who, you know, in the last two games gave up nearly 900 yards total offense. They could, I mean, we talk about the Chiefs struggling defensively, not being able to stop running water. Well, the Eagles were the same way before yesterday. And it's not a good look when a team comes in there, comes in your home stadium, and and other teams prior to that game are able to move the football, yet you can't do it at home. And on top of that, you're quarterback to those three INTs. I mean, it's not like the Eagles are the are the, the Ravens of 2000. So I don't know what I don't know I don't know what to make of how badly the Panthers play, or if the Eagles actually you know, finally played a good football game. You know what? That's the beauty of the NFL, Lenny. Like, every game is hard. My, I got my best friend plays for the Raiders, man. He's on top of the world in three games, and then now he's back to ground zero. Derek Carr throwing for 400 a game, and then he can't break 200 now. It's like the beauty of the NFL is every week is earned. <laughs> like, like, in college, those college coaches – yeah, they make a lot of money, and yet recruiting is hard. Recruiting is where they make their money, in my opinion. In the NFL, it's the game plan, man. Like, you have to be – you can't take anybody lightly. You can't take anybody for granted and what they're doing and what how they're trying to accomplish and attack defenses. And every week is a new – you really are, and it sounds cliche, it's zero and zero. Let's just try to win one. And you, you take you, – you appreciate those wins so much in this league. And I think Carolina – is missing their running back. I mean, he led the league and in, in, in percentages used per game. And I mean, he's, he's used more than any player in the world. I mean, he's, they use him out of the backfield. They use him in the running game. They use him all over the place, anywhere they can possibly get it. They get out leverage. They throw it to Christian McCaffrey. He makes six guys miss and, 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 and makes a, a bad into a good. Those are, those are the plays they're missing. Last night, I just felt like when I watched that game, it just seemed like nothing could go well for the Eagles in the first half at all. Like they were just completely stalemate. I think Jalen Hurts had under a hundred yards passing in the first half. Like it was just, he was like 40% completion percentage. And I was like, man, he can't get anything going. They were just suffocating him. But what happened was, is they made some adjustments. Maybe that's the, an experience in the coaching staff in Carolina, or it's 
the 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 luck of the inexperience in the Phillies locker room. But it just seemed like one team made adjustments, other team did not. Second half, they just got beat. It's just straight up that happens in the NFL. And I think as a fan or as somebody looking from the outside in, you got to look at it as one game, got to reset. How can we wait win next week? And so I I just think that Sam has to go back to the basics. He's got to take care of the ball. He's got a good defense. He doesn't have to make those big plays. You don't have to force the ball. The only way that the opposing team is going to score on that defense is by you forcing the ball, getting a short field, and giving them extra possessions, which they did yesterday, and they lost. Speaking of defense and speaking of winning, the team that has won the most games so far in the 2021 football season, after week five yesterday, that being the Arizona Cardinals, who are the only undefeated team in the NFL, 5-0, and they beat the 49ers 17 to 10 yesterday. Niners, by the way, have lost three straight while the Cardinals, you talked about defense. And, you know, you and I could have sat across from each other at four or five and, like, give you a breakdown of the, the Niners taking on the Cardinals and then be like, yeah, you know what? Lance is getting, you know, getting his first career start and, and uh, Kyler Murray's been balling out as an MVP and they put up 37 over the, on the Rams. Man, they, they could probably put up some points against the 49ers, too. And, you know, the 49ers may be able to move the football, too, because, you know, like I said, you got Trey Lance, dual-threat quarterback, and this game was nothing like that. It was all about the defenses, especially the Cardinals' defense, who stopped the 49ers not once, not twice, not three, but four times on fourth down, fourth down conversion attempts. You know what's funny is, is in today's world, in today's NFL, uh, you, 17 points is not enough. Like, you score 17 on the sideline, you're like, there's no way we're winning football games. Like, I don't care what your defense is on what side. You score 17, it ain't good enough, and especially the way the rules are, defensive side of the ball, the way the pass interference rules are. I think they're ticky-tacky at times. I think the, 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 the targeting, which is a great rule, I, I, I agree. I'm kind of in, the, to be honest with you, Lana. I'm kind of on the on the f- the fence with the holding calls. I think holding could be five yards. I don't think it needs ten yards. It's not that there's holding on every freaking play. Like you can you can you can go out there and look at a guard or a tackle on the opposite side of the ball where the run goes, and he's holding. They're almost taught that. But when I was when I played offense lineman, if all you had to do is if you were going to hold, you just got to get inside his shoulder pads. You get inside his shoulder pads. Inside the pads, man. Uh, but that, that, but it's not like a it's not like a death to drive penalty in my opinion. It's not like a oh right, yo shoot we got now we're at second and six. We just got the first down. Oh crap, we got a holding. We're at second and sixteen. This drive is over. Let's just try to get half. Let's just oh I got an incomplete pass on second and sixteen. Now I'm at third and sixteen. Now we just got to play fifth position. Like that that those are drive killers in my opinion. You you if you stay if the, the good teams the Tom Brady teams they stay away from drive killers. So in my opinion, you, if you take out a drive killing killer and holding, I think it I think it will help extend drives and help play offensive football. I also on the opposite side think that. Pass interference needs to be like it is in college, 15 yards. Don't give these guys freaking – you allow bad quarterback play. And I, and I mean – and I'm a, I'm a quarterback, so I, I appreciate it. I'm not a hater or nothing. No, I never do that. But I'm saying, like, bad quarterback play is rewarded in the NFL. Like, you throw a ball in a triple coverage and the guy bailed out. holds the guy. You get bailed out. You get bailed out. 
and it's an explosive play. You got 40 yards. You're like, what the? This dude just threw that into six people, and they flopped, and now they got a 40-yard explosive play. Come on, man. So I think it needs to be 15 yards. But the way the rules are set in the NFL right now, with all the rules in favor of the offense, scoring 17 ain't enough. But good teams just find a way to win. They find a way to win. And I'm not sold on Arizona yet. I still ain't. I don't know why. I think they're too reliant on one player. They're one injury away from being, you know, exploding, in my opinion. I don't, I don't like Kingsbury. I think he's very motivated because his job's on the line. This is the year he's got to play. His team has to respond to him. I don't think they run the ball enough. I don't think they run the ball enough efficiently. I think it's great inside the, you know, inside, indoors, in Cal- sweet California and sunny Arizona. I think it's great. You try to play at Buffalo, you try to throw it 70 times a game, you're going to get smoked. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm still on the sell. I'm not on the buy yet, but I, I, Arizona's finding ways to win, and they have shocked me. I thought, I thought the Rams were going to get them, but uh, I rambled a little bit there, but I just, I, I'm passionate about a lot of things. I'm passionate about that. They need to make sure that quarterbacks, they do it for the quarterback and the TV and making it look good on stats and they're scoring a bunch of points. There's a lot of games this week where I saw some bad penalties, bad penalties that just rewarded these young guys. And so I, I get it. They got to have a face, but um, yeah. So to Arizona's credit, they are running the ball a little better than they did it last year. Uh, James Connor's helping. I know he's only averaging mm-hmm. probably like three or two, 3.2, 3.4 yards a carry. Uh, yep. But they're at least giving it to him in goal line situations as opposed to trying to get Kyler Murray on the outside and all that kind of stuff. Look, he's still always going to be a threat. Do you want to use him as yep. a threat? Absolutely. But do you want him actually carrying the football down there? No. Uh, no. But no. when it comes to – You, you can't win like that. You, no, can't, you win. can't You can't. You cannot win. And, and they, try to, they try to mirror it up with all these RPOs and the jet sweeps and the little like little dump passes to Rondell Moore, which is he is the in the absolute perfect fit. And I, my my head coach in, in college was named Jeff Brom. He's the head coach at Purdue, so I naturally absorbently and I've talked to Rondell a couple times about Drew Rosenhaus. He was going to take Drew Rosenhaus uh, coming out of college, and so he he, he didn't know if he was going to sign with Drew. He was not going to sign with Drew. He ended up not signing with Drew. I told him actually to sign with Drew. If you were first round different, if there's a difference between going in the second round and the first round, sign with Drew Rosenhaus. There's a difference between going in the seventh round and going in the fifth round, don't sign Drew Rosenhaus. Why? Because he, he makes a lot more money when when he go, when the yeah. first round comes yeah. up than he does in the seventh and fifth it, round. He, and he's he, uh, six, eight guys. He gives you the, the Willis McGahee uh, workout, man. McGahee, <laughs> yeah. McGahee blows his knee out in the national championship game. And four months later, he's still a first round pick. That was all Drew, baby. That all Drew, all, baby. That was all Drew marketing, baby. When when he calls, they pick up. Yeah. Just to say that, because you know that you're going to have 10 on each team yeah. that are Drew Rosenhaus, so it could be anything. So yeah. maybe, he's, maybe he's calling about Gronkowski, Gronk, or maybe he's calling about, I don't know, Antonio Brown, but he's really calling about Brandon Dowdy. You know, it's like, well, but he could be calling about Gronk, so maybe I have self dance the phone. You know, yes, sir. He's, he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal, man. I, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about him. He's, he, it was cool, man. Full circle. He was at my house, in my living room. Jerry Maguire 2.0 sitting in my house, and he is exactly what you think he is off the camera. Like 
whatever you think he is, what, what do you think Drew Rosenhaus is? He is. That's him. He was in the room, in my living room. We watched the guy forever. Uh, grew up, you know, down here in South Florida. So he was in my living room. My dad was jacked up. I wrote like a whole eight pages of notes. And then after the whole pitch he had and the spiel he had, he comes up to me. He's like, hey, bro, he puts his arm around me. Hey, buddy. I, I said, hey, Drew. He's like, we're going to make this happen. He, and I go, yeah, no, I, we are going to make this happen. And he goes, I'm just going to let you know. I've been in these meetings. I've been doing this for 30, 30 plus years. I have never seen someone take so much notes ever. You didn't pick your head up once to, to look at me. And I go, I'm thorough, Bubba. Like, I'm, I, that's just me. I, you'll, you'll understand about me. I'm attention to detail. I, I take this very seriously. And he's like, well, I appreciate that. I think you're going to be just fine. <laughs> and, but it was just cool. Like, that's Drew. And, and he, his access, his able to do that is, is insane. So, um, yeah, he, 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 he makes it work, and he knows how to get his way most of the time. So He's Brandon Dowdy, Len Martez, the Monday morning extra point. The MMXP, a Bucks Nation podcast. You talked earlier, we talked earlier in regards to maybe the Niners and Cardinals not putting up a lot of points. Well, it just so happened one team scored four touchdowns in the final quarter yesterday, that being the LA Chargers, who beat the Browns 47 to 42. Chargers are now four and one, the number one team in the AFC West. Browns are now three and two, still hanging on, trying to fight for a top spot in the AFC North. But in this game, Brandon, I'm starting to lean towards the fact that, you know, uh, Brandon Stokely, I'm sorry, Brandon Staley has been listening to you in regards to getting the football to Austin Eckler and running him a whole lot more. But here's the thing. And here's the reason why I like Brandon Staley, and you can, and you certainly can appreciate this. He talked last week in regards to not just running the football, but having the mindset to where you make the defense work on each running play. Mm-hmm. For instance, you know, you, you have a quarterback that's going back 50, 55 times, and all the defense is doing is running straight ahead. And some guys, oh. and some guys, and, and granted, yeah, they might be running into alignment, but some guys defensively don't really have to get that active on a passing play, right? Mm-hmm. Depending on the responsibility. But on a running play, oh, bro, you're going to have, you're going to have, whether you're going to have a zone block, a, a pulling guard, whatever it is, you're going to have to be active on defense. And, and whether you don't you're, pursue, you don't play. Oh, yes. If and you if don't you, pursue, you don't play. Yes. You don't play. You just want straight up. And if, and if yes, you're, if you're an offensive team and you're only getting 2.5 yards of carry or 3.5 yards of carry, it's not just about that number. It's about the mindset that you have that you're letting the defense know that y'all going to have to play some defense today. And that's what the Chargers are doing punch now. punch you in the mouth. Yep. Chargers are doing that now by running the football the way they, they, they have been. And uh, not to mention the fact that, I mean, they've got a quarterback and, and Justin Herbert, in, who in just 20 games has 11 300-yard games, dude. 20 games in the league, he already has 11 300-yard games. And I know it's a passing league these days, and I get it. And he certainly has two number one wide receivers. But still, he's still basically in his rookie season because he started. He didn't start week one last year. 
Mm-hmm. So he's still he's still rolling. People are saying his second season, and yeah, it's his second season because he played partially last year, but still only 20 games in the league, man. And he looks like again, he can challenge anyone for an MVP. So you know, I don't know if it's just me, Lynn, but like I don't even know why. First off, I'm mean, gonna put this out there. I was not on the Justin Herbert train coming no out was of college. I. No I was I. Didn't I like him in Oregon. No, I didn't like him in me Oregon. Me neither. I did not like him in Oregon. I didn't. Maybe it was their scheme. He was inaccurate. I, I just, I didn't like him. I thought he was just another big body, big guy. Yep. Like, just all I thought. Yeah, all I Russell, thought. Just a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Demarcus Russell, or come out there like, oh, okay, yeah. And he was a former walk-on, which I didn't know. He's from Eugene, which I think is freaking cool. You playing in your hometown with your hometown team? I think that's sweet. Um, so. One, I was not on the train at all. He he's, I wasn't even on the train last year. I'm like, man, they're throwing it 60 times a game. They're down in every freaking game. And I'm, then I found myself like, man, mate, it's their OC, man. Their OC is legit, man. Their OC schemes him up so he looks good. I've watched this year. I've been able to watch him thoroughly on that Monday night last week, and I watched him a couple times during the season. I find myself, and I don't know why, I like root for this kid. Like, I don't know why. Like, I, I like, I'm like a fan of this kid. Like his game, the way he carries himself. It's always about his teammates when he's in the interviews. It's never about himself. He's going to go out there and he's going to ball. And so Mike Evans is emerging. Ha <laughs> ha, funny contract year for Mike. I mean, sorry, not Mike Evans. Mike Williams is balling. Wow, contract year. Weird how that timing worked. He doesn't have no, no, no soft tissue or no, you know, little soft, soft skin uh, this year he's got he's ready to play he's putting up 150 a game in a contract year but anyway that's a whole other I think Keenan Allen is I've said this before I think he's the top three receiver in the NFL I think he's a dog and I would love to play with Keenan Allen I don't care if he was I heard he's a little bit wild on the sideline he'll get after you if he ain't getting his touches well screw that give me somebody like that before I get somebody like Devante Parker that doesn't even want the ball so I'm sorry, that's just me, but um, this team has figured out how to be creative in the run game. They don't run zone right at you. They run pull and pin. They run, uh, you know, one one back power really well. They run outside zone really well. Austin Eckler's small little rocket that that goes down the field and, and does a good job of finishing plays. This team is dangerous, and yes, they look good, throwing up all these numbers. They look good. I also think Cleveland's dangerous. And, and you know you know why I, mean, I think Cleveland's dangerous. I don't think you – I even have to say anything to you, buddy, but they run the daggum football. and they run Chubb and Hunt, Hunt baby. Chubb and Hunt. They have the best run tandem I've ever seen. They, their offensive line is some mean mugs. And you saw – it didn't happen in the first and second quarter if you watch this game. The fourth quarter came, man, Chargers' defense was shot. I remember last, last week – I was talking to my buddy. His name's Cam Clemens. He plays. Uh, he, he's actually assistant offensive line coach for the Vegas Las Vegas Raiders. And he was. He texted me during the week, and he's like, "Man, Bob, we got Chargers this week." He's like, "My boy Duran James is coming down in that hole, and he's filling. Like, I don't know what we're gonna do. I have no idea what we're gonna do schematically on offense." And I was like, "Cam, what you need to do is one. You need to put it. Get putting uh, speed trips. What I mean by speed trips is you got to do three fast guys." on the same side of the field. And then you have to, in my opinion, you take the running back, you motion them over. So now you have four threats to one side. Why do that? They, they're heavy zone coverage team. Now you have a field yeah, of void. Four, 
four dangerous guys on one side. Are we going to play man to that? Right. Are we going to burn the zone and two on one, one guy and say, oh, let's just bring another guy to making the adjuster. No. So what Cleveland did, the second thing I asked him to do, I said, Hey, why don't you just run the ball right at him? Just run it. I know you guys want to throw it 50 times, but Hey, run it, run that thing, put Jacobs on your back and rush him for 50 times a game. He's like, I don't know if John's got the group's going to do that. You see, you see the effects of that right now. And I'm not saying I'm, I know everything. I don't know nothing. I don't know squat, but all I know is, is when you play the chargers and you run the football, it shares a lot of things up that you, you become more balanced teams to me in the end, in this league, in this NFL game, balanced teams win championships three baker threw 32 times they rushed it i don't know 28 times that's balance Bubba. you you want a ch- chance of winning the super bowl now you have a defense guessing front or pass each time where where when you play the bucks they throwing it they're throwing it 100 times those defensive ends are coming up the field and they're going to get to 11 and a half yards exactly where they're supposed to be where everyone knows they can't be more as a quarterback. You can't be more than 11 and a half yards from the line of scrimmage. Well, the defense linemen know that as well. If you're throwing it 50 times a game, yeah, everybody's going to tee off on you. I just, I, I thought this was a great game. I thought, I think the Chargers are real, but I also think Cleveland Browns are real. I know they're three and two, but I think they play really, really good defense. I know they got bombarded by the big two in uh, Justin Herbert, or the big three, really, Justin Herbert, Mike, Mike Williams, and um, Keenan Allen. But that's a special offense. And I think that these, both of these teams are playoff teams and it's going to be interesting to see how they shape up here late in the season. Speaking of playoff teams, AFC playoff teams, last game we want to talk about is the one that took place on Sunday night in Arrowhead, a little weather delay there, but eventually the game ended after midnight. And when it did, the bills were winners 38 to 20 over the chiefs bills are now four and one chiefs are now two and three. Yes, I said it, two and three, and a last-place team in the AFC West. All the problems that you have, they've got a recipe for disaster right now. I mean, we can talk about the bad teams in the NFL, but those bad teams in the NFL are bad because they don't have a whole lot of talent, and they can't do certain things well. Well, the Chiefs certainly have talent. Their problem is they can't run it, and... They can't stop running water. When it comes to the Bills, the Bills are, are, I mentioned earlier when we first got started, there are two teams in the AFC that are telling Kansas City, uh-uh, not this year. One of the teams we talked about is the Chargers. The other one's the Bills. And they handled the Chiefs yesterday. And we talked about quarterback play. And granted, Moving forward career-wise, I'd like to see the Bills get my man a running game. But as it is right now, Josh Allen is running through and over people. And whether it's Herbert or Allen, one of these two guys are probably going to be playing in the Super Bowl when, uh, when it takes place in L.A. or SoFi next year. Yes, I agree a thousand percent. I first I, – I think – and I'm, 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 I know a little bit too much. So, so I, my, my opinion is a little bit, I, I got more than it just me, but uh, I think that the offensive coordinator, Ben McAdoo is going to get a job in Buffalo. So I think it's now or never for them. I think once they lose their offensive coordinator, 
you're going to see production of Josh Allen fall just a slight of it. I think he's got some confidence. I think he's got some playmakers around him. They're built around him for the first time in a, since his career. This, these last two years, they've built that team around Josh Allen's strength. And that's a credit to their offensive coordinator. He's done a really good job. He's done a good job of, of not showing his weaknesses and, and displaying his strengths. So um, they're playing at a high level. I love Buffalo's defense. I love Buffalo's defense. I love their back four. I think they're the best back four in the NFL. Um, their two safeties are unbelievable players. They match up, run really well with your best player, no matter where they are on the field. They did a great job with Tyreek Hill last night. They did. A, I think Kansas City's problem is, one, they can't run the ball. They can't stop anybody. Yes, you're 100% correct. But they also, they don't have another option. I don't think Hardman's the guy. I hate to say he's just a speed guy. They don't have like a big receiver that can go and just dominate one-on-one coverage. They don't have that. They got Kelsey. Yeah. They got Tyreek Hill can run past you and he's going to drop three or four balls a game, but they don't have a guy that's like, man, I got to go up there and get it. I think they miss Sammy Watkins. Um, I think they miss a couple players in that locker room. I think they totally miss Chris Jones. I mean, good grief. I mean, they could, you could do whatever you want as the Buffalo bills that entire game. So I'm in trouble. I think Kansas City's in trouble. I think, I think, I think Patty's way too much improv. I think he does way too much with his feet. I don't think he ever steps in the beginning of that game. He was doing three-step drops in rhythm. And then, and then after that, he was improv and throwing all around, doing all the things you could do. So I'm excited to see what happens, but I, I'm struggling buying the Kansas City Chiefs. Well, you think Brian Dable is going to get a head coaching job in 2022? I do. No doubt in my mind. No um, doubt in my mind. No I don't. I don't doubt it. No doubt the way the way he's the way he's turned quarterbacks' careers around, including Josh Allen, he's done. He's done well. He's done well in regards to setting himself up for that next step. And, and certainly, look, there's talk about that's part of the reason why Mitchell Trubisky chose to sign with the Buffalo Bills as opposed to any other team because he watched what. He was what Brian Dable was able to do with, with Josh Allen. So I don't disagree when it comes to Brian Dable eventually getting a job. There's, it's weird how it's only, it's only week five in the NFL, and it, week five in the NFL ends tonight when the Ravens and Colts play each other. Ravens at home, three and one, taking on the Colts, who are one and three. But it's weird how. We're week five into the NFL season, and man, you can start picking job openings. <laughs> yeah, no, you can't. And not, yeah, and not, and not that you know, it's a tough business. Not that you want to see guys get fired, but when you start talking about zero and four starts and one and three starts, and this team has been the worst team since twenty eighteen, and all that kind of stuff, that's you know, Brian Dable gets his gets his list together as far as who he wants to be his defense coordinator and his offense coordinator and special teams coach and yep. all that kind of good stuff. That's how it works. Yep. And that's the, the carousel is open. I, I, you can almost see it week five. Like you said, I don't think, and I, and let me, let me, let me, let me go backwards here. I think that my opinion, I think there's a couple one in Four, one in five, one in four teams, oh, and five teams, um, even the two and three teams 
that are good teams. And I don't mean that their record is good. I think Detroit's been in every single game. I think they've just, they've caught the bug of not knowing how to win. And that's a real thing. You have to learn and teach yourself how to win football games. Tom Brady has, is the goat, the Mecca, the master of knowing how to win football games. And that didn't happen by himself. He had leadership around him. Uh, that taught culture, him how baby. To win football game. Culture. Culture. Exactly. And it, and that was adapted. Now he knows when, the deep, when, when even the opposite side of the ball has to step up and play well. So I think, uh, you know, Detroit's in a good situation. And I know that they're 0-5, but you don't you need to look past 0-5. They're, they're still in a rebuild, but they're playing hard. I mean, they come back in these four. It's like they have a chance in these fourth quarters every single game. And so that's a team, like, I think they're on the upward. And I know that means nothing at 0-5, but they're on the upward. I think the Dolphins are on the downward because – and I, I'm and I'm not, like, biased or hater. I don't care. Like, that doesn't – it's always so long ago. Like, I have no – you know, hostile uh, attitude towards them at all. I just think that they're not playing up to expectations. They're not doing the little things to win games. They're not even in games. They're like getting beat down in the fourth quarter rather than rallying and, and leaning on your teammates and moving forward in the fourth quarter. I think personally, I think Jacksonville is on the up and up. And I know Urban Meyer's got his nut crazy stuff going on. I don't know what's wrong with that dude, but but I, I think they're on the up and I think you're seeing Lawrence progress. I mean, in the beginning of the season, I think he was trying to do too much. You can't do too much in this league. You have to be able to have a run game as a rookie quarterback to, to rely on, to make sure that you're comfortable enough and you're keeping the de defense guessing. So I think Jacksonville next week, Miami is Miami. And then and I think it's their biggest game of the season. They weren't going to beat the Bucs. The, the, the only people that believed that they were going to beat the Bucs was Brian Flores, maybe Chris Greer, and the players in that locker room. They, no one else thought they were going to – they had no chance. You know what I mean? I thought maybe a trap game, everything falls into place, there could be a trap game. But to me, this game, the game that they're supposed to win, uh, they lose this one. Flores is in some trouble. But, I mean, I, I, I mean that. No, I, I think he's a great leader. I don't think he's a great X's and O's. I think he's a fantastic leader, respect, good character, quality guys in that locker room. But I think he struggles with uh, – There's a. let's just say this. There's a reason they've had four offensive coordinators in three years. Like that there's, – there's a reason for that. And so um, building teams is not his strong suit. So there's a lot of these teams that are two and three. I think the Chiefs are in trouble, but I think they'll, they'll weather the storm. Uh, but you start losing out – losing – a couple more games you can get out of the hunt quickly and so I, I think that there's a lot of good football teams that are trending in the right direction maybe not record-wise good football teams but trending in the right direction at one and four or oh and five he's brandon dowdy you can follow him at, at brandon dowdy you can follow myself len martez at elmore 10 again this is the monday morning extra point a bucks nation podcast don't forget to catch us every every week we break down the NFL right here on a Bucks Nation podcast.